conversations that you know um people gravitate to so i see we got some people in the building you know um i know a lot of people that you know ask to be reminded that we're on the air we're going live so that's what i'm doing right now and if you would be so kind as to hit that share button whether you're watching on facebook live or whether you're watching on youtube live make sure that you hit that share button because tonight's conversation as always family you know we're going to get into the nitty-gritty I'm not sure why in the hell my graphics look the way they do tonight. I'm not sure why the um, the camera picked up like this, but you know what I'm saying. Um, we will still make it do what it do. You know what I'm saying. Uh, crazy. <laughs> I'm looking at the screen right now. It's a little wild. So um, make sure you share this, family. And like I said, I'm sharing it with all the people right now. And make sure that you also go to blackindependence.org to get your copy of the Independence Day Project. If you already have a copy, get some for some of your friends so they can have a conversation about black empowerment and what it looks like to have a free and pushing black community free of white supremacy. Wakusu, Sister Angel, Sister Angel Proctor, proud supporter of the Independence Day Project, and she has been on her grind and her hustle. You know what I'm saying in regards to you know pushing and promoting independence and private sisters, so we're forever in debt to you down in the DMV area. You know, um, 
The Independence Day Project is also part of the Freedom Train Radio Network, and you can also check out, you know, uh, the Freedom Train Radio Network with a host of shows right now. Um, go to Freedom Radio, freedomtrainradio.com, freedomtrainradio.com to check out the lineup. You know, um, we're on that lineup with the Independence Day Project. Unfortunately, I don't have a list of shows in front of me right now, so I would just be rambling to talk about it. Oh, what's going on, cousin? What's good, Chuck? Uh, congratulations again on the graduation. You know what I mean? Uh, appreciate that. You know, um, that's good look. That's good work by you, brother. Good work. So um, we're gonna keep sharing. You know, I'm gonna uh, post this in a few groups, and uh, I'm trying to remind people on uh, Instagram that uh, we got this thing popping right now, man. Um, I really want people to understand the necessity. You know, and the importance of uh, these conversations you know um and some of you might not have known noticed but i've pretty much been, have been taking a little hiatus off of uh social media and facebook this that and the other so this show is pretty much going to be only access to a brother you know what i mean <laughs> for for the foreseeable future you know um also you know as i like to greet the family with kusu family you know kusu wake up clean up stand up as you know, that's how we um, greet each other in this space. And Kusu comes from it's an acronym um, that Brother uh, Malcolm X, you know, um, our dearly beloved ancestor, would use to start and end a lot of his classes. And it would be, you know, um, wake up, clean up, stand up. That's what he would say. So we shorten it up to an acronym, and it's been used by several of the groups. Right now, those of us part of the National Black Liberation Front. We like to utilize that greeting as a reminder as to what we need to do every day in our communities if we're trying to create that independent black union that we're talking about. Hey, what's going on, Sister Nikki? Uh, what's, what's popping? Um, let me know how that um, that uh, that that uh, joint you know um, is going on with the school with the uh, the children working on the aquaponics um, aquaponics uh, component that we put together. Let me know how that works. Let me know how it's working out. So make sure y'all share this family because we're gonna get, like I said, we're gonna get to some real spill tonight, especially with the topic that we have going on. You know, um, I'm probably gonna hurt some feelings tonight. That's nothing new. I'm probably gonna say some things that people not want, don't want to hear. That's nothing new. But you know, bottom line, family, these are conversations that we need to have if we're gonna push forward. Because I'm not just about talking for the sake of talking, and. What's been happening right now is we, we, we've been having this feel-good circuit of people having conversations, and the conversations are, you know, based on, um, you know, just pure rhetorical, snappy comebacks, what sounds better, you know, neck rolling, resoundance with, with whatever you're saying. And <clears throat> let's be clear, fam, that's not, you know, that's not going to work for us. You know, we get real high off of signifying statements. You know what I'm saying? Real, we are real high for signifying statements like, ooh, look what somebody said. But I'm more important, more importantly to me, it's like, well, what did they do? You know what I'm saying? What are they doing? You know what I'm saying? And quite frankly, quite frankly, you know, I'm getting tired of this whole this whole fake shit called black conference. I mean black conscious. I'm getting tired of it. You know what I'm saying? Salute, brother, brother Ishmael, salute to you, family. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm getting getting it's too trendy it's too wishy-washy and for real for real it doesn't beg for any real you know um it doesn't beg for any real commitment from the people you know what i'm saying it doesn't beg for any real commitment from the people in regards to 
you know, um, what they must put forward. You look at movements in the past and anybody that studied any history, you know, you know that the community had to be behind the movement for the movement to generate. It was literally a movement. It was a push forward. It wasn't necessarily just a bunch of rhetorical feel-good slogans. You know what I'm saying? It was done for a reason. And it wasn't just our pushes. Look historically. If you look historically at um, people who have, um, you know, who, who are part of movements and, and created uh, propaganda, which is what, you know, a lot of things we're dealing with now, that propaganda was generated to create the conditions for actions to come to, to follow suit. That propaganda was created. So when you, when you talk about the whole idea of enslaving our ancestors, you know, the world had to be told that black people were savages, that Africa was a savage land, you know, the dark continent. You know what I'm saying? The world had to be sold on it because even though all of the white community benefited from that, they still had to maintain some form of moral high ground. They had to maintain some form of moral high ground. So because they had to maintain some form of moral high ground, they had to then go and create the propaganda that as African-born people, you know, we were part of, we were savages. Therefore, they were bringing us into captivity to civilize us. And they took that same thing. You know, we talk about black people, um, but they did the same shit with zoos. In fact, black people were the first zoos. You know what I'm saying? We were the first exhibit on zoos. We were the first product sold on Wall Street. I mean, shit, we were the first everything here in America. You know what I'm saying? You know, um, so, you know, propaganda was used to, to make all those things possible. Propaganda was used, you know, not just in America, but it was also used to, you know, create movements around the world. You know what I'm saying? You're talking about the Bolshevik you know, move a push for independence in the Bolshevik movement. A lot of people like to talk socialism and don't know shit about the Bolsheviks and, and what happened in, um, you know, uh, either, either in Russia, they don't know what happened with the French Revolution, they don't know about that stuff. So let's start talking about those things. They had to create the propaganda behind why it was necessary to get the people, you know, um, energized behind those movements. You know what I'm saying? They had to create those that propaganda. So once they created the propaganda that the, the royal crown, you know, the um, bourgeoisie, you know, was was stuffing all, you know, um, the the caste systems, they were all taken and taken from the poor, robbing from the poor. Then those other movements had they created a fervor and created the fervor around which people then decided that you know what, you're right, we need to take action, and then they sprung their plans into action. It wasn't just a feel-good moment, a feel-good session. Ah, it feels good to be black. You know what I'm saying? We, we get on that shit all the time. You know what I'm saying? We get on that feel-good history, that feel-good, those feel-good moments. And those are the things that are destroying us right now. Those are the things that are killing us right now because we're satisfied with just feeling good about being black. And Dr. Amos Wilson once said that, you know, um, uh, and shout out to my brother Ajay Tayama, by the way, for, for putting out some videos. You know, we're putting out a lot of videos with the National Black Liberation Front. You know, I am part of the National Black Liberation Front. And uh, one of the things that, you know, we've been putting out lately is some propaganda videos to get you on code with some of the things we're talking about. And basically, Dr. Amos Wilson was in one of the clips that was recently released. And Dr. Amos Wilson in the clip said, you know, going to school, learning about being black and being proud does not save you from white supremacy. 
it doesn't save you from white supremacy. It gives you tools. But having those tools doesn't save you from white supremacy. You know what I'm saying? You need to utilize those tools in order to build institutions that are prominent in black empowerment and that focus on liberated black structures. Those are things that help build you towards liberation. Not just being proud to have a degree, not just being proud to have a fancy job, not just being proud to have a fancy car, fancy house. None of those things matter if you're not building towards your liberation because with the white man giving, the white man can take away. You know what I'm saying? And that's pretty much what's been happening. And we've been really proud and happy with those things. We've been really proud and happy with the fact that, you know, um, the, the white community, you know, uh, we can take a step up. I mean, for instance, you know, like I said, it was told to me on, on a Facebook thread <laughs> that we should be happy that the, a black person is in the royal, you know, family now. As if to say, we don't come from royalty. You know, your impression matters. And not only that, you know, you know, that propaganda itself was used and it was successful because now when they start going into Africa, they're going to have black people saying, well, at least they're black. You know what I'm saying? At least there's a black member of the family going, you know, and, and that propaganda is going to once again work against us. When are we going to start taking that propaganda and letting it work for us? So we start talking, because I was talking to, um, you know, my, my co-host, uh, Erica Tolbert. Um, and like I said, Erica's on a little hiatus right now. Um, and, and she's allowed, you know, Erica does a lot of work. So um, one of the things we were talking about earlier was that, you know, does any other community have like a Steve Harvey figure or, uh, um, you know, uh, a Derek Jackson type figure, you know, basically tell black people about relationships, you know, um, what's acceptable and how you should have an acceptable relationship. And the answer to that question is no. No other community has that. Only our community has that because other communities don't need instructional guides for how to please a man, how to please a woman, how to court, how to have courtship, how to act um, respectfully within a relationship. They have culture to do that. Their culture tells them those things. Our culture, see, you know, uh, one of the things that Dr. Bobby Wright, who wrote the book Menticide, you know, um, stated is that we are the freest people in the United States, in America, when it comes to any obligatory need or any obligatory responsiveness to their community. Every other community has a set of functions. They have a set of codes that they have to live by. And we don't. We're basically told, mind your business, stay out of my business, no matter how damaging our actions are to the whole of the community. Our rugged individualism which is a farce by, 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 you know, it, it doesn't really exist, but our notion of it exists is our rugged individualism basically, uh, uh, basically um, absolves us of any responsibility to, to, be, uh, to be a part of the building process. So, um, hey, Monique, what's going on, Mo? <laughs> Peace and Black Power. I see you out there. That's what's up. Um, and make, like I said, family, make sure y'all share this because it's about to get deep. Y'all thought it got deep. It's about to get deep. So these things that, we're, that, that, that we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis, family, it does not, it does not, you know, um, equate to us building an empowered community. And so we start talking about this whole notion called black consciousness, right? And I'm getting a little thirsty, so let me whistle. 
Hmm. Here we go. So we start talking about this notion of black consciousness. Well, what is black consciousness? And I'm going to tell you right now, black consciousness is mumble rap. Today's black consciousness is mumble rap. It's virtually useless in the, in the phrase and the context that we're using it. It's virtually useless. And what um, uh, Wakusu Brother IJ, Peace and Black Power Chief King, um, our, our version of of consciousness has basically been relegated to one who you're fucking excuse my language and if your children watching you know just cover their ears i'm pretty sure they hear you talk like this who you're having sex with that's that's kind of, that's the that's one aspect of it who your god is who you pray to whether you're spiritual whether you utilize your chakras whether you you know, have a horoscope or this, that, and the other, you know, whether you whether you're into astrology. And then the third part of, of what's been now utilized as black consciousness is fronting. The whole idea of fronting. You know, you remember back in the day when people didn't have money, but they would go out and buy uh, expensive cars, and then their car wasn't good enough, they would have to go and put rims, you know, that cost, sometimes they would get cheap cars, but they would get rims that cost more than the car. People that were wearing fancy jewelry, but were still renting, renting their apartment or living with their parents, this, that, and the other. People who, you know, um, were, were fake it, sort of like the fake it till you make it. Well, that has gone transferred. That part of the culture has transferred in this black conscious. Well, I'm going to prove to you how black and conscious I am. I'm going to saturate you with a whole bunch of useless facts about black consciousness because we're not using them. We're not building these skills off of them. We're not utilizing it to create a platform so that we can create institutions. I mean, institutions. We're basically doing it to show you I'm blacker than you. I'm more in tune with Africa. Well, I'm not black, your color, your crayon, all that other uh, frivolous bullshit. But the bottom line is, you know, it's not being used to push the community forward. And we're frightened. There's sisters walking around with t-shirts and hashtags talking about Asada taught me. Well, Asada was a revolutionary. Asada, you know what I mean, was, you know, Asada was setting up shops in different communities. Asada was going on missions. What did Asada teach you if you're not going on those missions? If you're not a part of, you know, uh, organizations, if you're not a part of an underground organization that's, that, that's doing the work to make sure that the black community or, or the, the movement you know what I'm saying, is, is, is remaining funded. You know, what work are you doing? You know what I'm saying? And shout out to my brother Andre. He called that out in the live earlier this week. So I'm just regurgitating that message from that brother because I, I picked up on that. You got other people talking about, um, you know, they have the Malcolm X shirts and the things of that nature. But, but still talking integrationist politics. You know what I'm saying? And let's not get into the black bourgeoisie. You know, the so-called black bourgeoisie because they are black Unfortunately, our black bougie, they don't own anything but the house they live in, for the most part. Let's not talk about them. You can't get them to have a conversation about anything relatively conscious. You can't get them to talk about politics unless they are a politician. You can't get them to talk about business and uh, business and building in the black community because they never associated building with the black community. Every time I've actually had a group of people, a group of so-called conscious black people who were in the know, supposedly, to some of them, they had just found out yesterday that we had a black Wall Street. They had just found out 
that, you know, and, and their concept was how can we utilize the pain of the black community to profit off of it? You know what I'm saying? So we got to be clear about who we're dealing with, family, because the, the whole this whole thing is not a slogan. It's not a catchphrase. It's not something to be hip. You know, talking about black consciousness is not a coffee table discussion. It's not a coffee. It's not a water cooler discussion. You can have the conversation at a coffee table, but it's not a coffee table discussion for you to sit there and sip on herbal tea while incense are burning, and for you to, you know, um, try to theorize the issues, you know, as a sort of sort of intellectual discourse. The process of black nationalism is about building. When I was in these other groups, these libertarian groups, these Tea Party groups, and yeah, I was part, I was in those groups, you know, um, early on in Facebook. They weren't talking about whether white men and white women should get along. They weren't, they weren't focusing on who respected who, who disrespected who. Their conversation was about power grabs. How can we consolidate votes in this area to remove this politician who put these policies in place? How can we apply pressure to these particular groups and organizations to do A, B, and C? How can we utilize the strength of this group to, to get, you know, uh, to flood phone lines so that we can disrupt the business practices of a particular entity so that they can start moving you know how can we you know focus on survival just in case there's some type of financial collapse let's talk about the trends that are happening on you know on wall street and how that can affect you know the different aspects of the community that we're trying to you know they were into those conversations i learned a lot in those fucking groups you know what i'm saying i learned a lot in terms of survival you know what I'm saying? I learned, I was turned on to a lot of, first of all, their politics. I was learned on, turned on to how many motherfucking guns they had. You know what I mean? And how much they, you know, they have whole, whole groups just based on, you know, that particular aspect of society alone. Our groups talk about chakras. I've never seen chakras talked about in any other group of the black empowerment, but, but black conscious groups. I've never seen anybody talking about how you know um you know the the disrespect between sexual you know groups and and basically let's be clear family in our community let's be clear we don't give a fuck about gender relationships it's all about who you're having sex with because gender relationships is more than just who you plan on fucking i'm sorry to break the news to you gender relationships are your uncles and your nieces your brothers and sisters your, your sons and your daughters you know, your fathers and, and, and sons and sometimes, you know, gender relationships are all across the board. But the only ones we focus on is who you plan on having sex with. The only stats we talk about. So we're not talking about building up, you know, or, or putting a process to heal future generations from the bullshit we've been programmed with. We're talking about exacerbating on the fact that the programming has led to a failed black community at this point a fractured community and we're not even talking about putting the glue together to build those things let's start you know and so if we're serious about that that's where the conversation would be building the black family family up not the blame game get us enough blame to go around believe me. but we will be talking about those things we will be talking about preparing our children for a future you know for a community that that they're not prepared for and not in a way that's cowardly like that bitch ass conversation we want to have with our children about how they should approach you know, or how they should respond when they're approached by law enforcement. 
No, we should be having a conversation talking about the institutions we plan on building. Because I promise you, family, this. For all the talk about schools we're talking about building, every time I look at that situation, it's a failed experiment. And one of the reasons I've seen is because we're not planning past the school phase. Once they graduate from the schools we give them, we still have to send them to white institutions. We still have to send them other places. And we don't send them empowered enough that they're ingrained with their own culture. We send them to these institutions, and now they become you know, easily accessible. Now we send our best and brightest into their institution for the next four years of intense indoctrination. And that's what happens. Because socially on a college campus is real intense. They have a whole fucking team waiting for your children to come to college in every university, even the BSUs. I mean, excuse me, even the, the HBCs. You know what I'm saying? So we're not even preparing our children for that. We're not preparing, we're not creating institutions for our children to go into. If we're going to create schools, give them the skills to compete or to create to create their own institutions while they're in those schools. Don't give them bullshit crap classes that not that's not going to be applicable once they leave the school. If we were serious about education, you see what I'm saying? I'm not just throwing gimmicks out. And I know, like I said, I'm gonna hurt some feelings tonight because I'm just tired of seeing the bullshit. You know what I'm saying? We got people. Listen, there are things that we have going on. Like I said earlier, propaganda is important. So yes, we need to build up the psyche of black people. I have a shirt on right now, if you can see it. You know, I'm not, you know, this is from my brother PAT, my brother Patrick Alexander, part of the National Black Liberation Movement. So y'all need to get this shirt. Because yeah, I didn't ask to be black, I just got lucky. And you're damn right. But we're not just taking this, this these motto, I mean these mottos and utilizing it to feel good. We know we have a plan in place for the propaganda, but we need for people to buy into it. We already got goals and visions and plan and far exceed everything we're talking about in terms of just the visuals. This is not just a feel-good session. I don't give a damn if you feel good about your braids. Yes, I love them. I love your locks. This, that, and the other. But the problem is, that's not fucking revolutionary. That's the start. You're getting the mindset right, but it's an action movement, not a reactionary stance. You can't be revolutionary if you're only waiting for some shit to happen to react to you can't be. You know what I'm saying? We have all of these things that we need. We got it. We have access to it. No community started at the finish line. No community started at the finish line, but they had a purpose and a plan, and they sought to it. And then those who weren't a part of that code got exiled or got exed off. No, no games being played. See, right now, there's no accountability for anybody that fucks the community over. That's why you can have scam artists come out at the people, talk about this, that, and the other, and then somebody will be sharing their information two days later after they don't fuck the community over. Somebody will be giving them this, that. So we got to be on code, family, with, with understanding that once people, once people cross us, that's it. They can't come back home. We ain't at the point right now where we can start putting people to the guillotine or, or walking people to the gallows. We ain't that, at that point yet. But since we're not there, the least we could do is say they can't they can't come here no more. They can't prosper off us no more. And for people who still support it, they got to be cut too. This is serious, and, and, and it's driving me bananas because 
I'm seeing people bounce in and out of what's black conscious. Like, like honestly, like there's a Juneteenth celebration that's coming up on my birthday, actually, June 23rd. It's coming up uh, here in Philadelphia. I'm only involved because of the people that I'm involved with. But I don't give a fuck about a June 5th, a Juneteenth. Juneteenth is not a liberated moment or not a liberating moment for us. Juneteenth has no significance. And the only thing that Juneteenth says is basically, listen, last group in Texas was told, you know, you know, two years ago, somebody signed a document and said, y'all don't have to, you know, be in chains no more. That's it. Juneteenth doesn't represent freedom and independence for black people. Juneteenth, what well, nobody black negotiated, you know, um, the Emancipation Pro Proclamation. Nobody black created the 13th Amendment. Those things show that we did not have control over that, that day that's supposed to be, you know, our July 4th. So in that instance, then, we ourselves have to make clear, make it clear that's not our independence. You want to compare the two? July 4th, they got land, liberty, and they have got a chance to protect it. They created laws. They created a bill of rights. They created a, a pledge of allegiance. <laughs> they created a damn national anthem. They, well, not on that day, but they created. They created a nation with boundaries, borders, and laws. You didn't get none of that on Juneteenth. Juneteenth, we didn't get June 19th, 1965, 1865, we didn't get none of that shit. So, if like I said, please share this, please share this. Let me see if I'm gonna go through some of the comments. I see we got some comments, you know. Um, Mr. Monica said, let's not separate ourselves conscious, non-conscious. Let's just be a community and build as one. I would love to do that. I would. But the bottom line is we can't. And see, this is the thought process that we keep getting into with the let's all just get along. We can't have that, that concept anymore. There has to be a protocol for being a part of who we are. A liberated black community, there has to be a protocol in place. It's too loosey-goosey as it is, which is why you have the same people talking about black power, talking about how much of a power grab it was to a, for um, you know, a woman that's one-eighth black to be brought into the so-called British royal family. How much, you know, um, basically the fifth heir to the throne, which means he'll never be a king, never be. As a matter of fact, I can't remember the last time they had a king. You know? So when we start talking about all these different things, let's be real, family. I'm tired. Listen, one of the things that, that really bugs me right now is that we talk black power, but it is the weakest shit ever right now. Black, if black power was really power, we wouldn't have to keep bending the rules to try to get people to come to it. We wouldn't keep having it. We wouldn't keep trying to have to, to get people to, to, you know, um, to, to become... Um, you know, to, to, we want to keep having to make it favorable for people to join. People would see what we're building and then people would want to join it. And the lines would be so long that we would have to have a waiting list for it. That's what black power would really be if we had it like that. You know what I'm saying? That's what the black, that's what black power would be. 
But see, because black power is so weak and flimsy right now, it's like, well, let's, what else can we do to recruit somebody? Well, you know, well, let's loosen the standards on, let's weaken the standards on this. Let's let's not have any standards whatsoever. And then maybe people will just join us and we'll get our numbers up and nobody's accountable. So when shit falls apart, people just roll. People just leave. People don't, people don't join in. People don't help out. People don't lend a hand. People don't support shit. It's a fucking club. And that, and that part about it is sickening considering that that club is under siege. That club is, is being warred upon. And that club has no firepower. You know what I'm saying? I uh, see Mr. Stamani, you said we need all of our entrepreneurs that have construction skills, base technology to teach um, and train apprenticeship uh, as a post high school options. Um, listen, how can we get them to do it? Because there we have all them out there. But the bottom line is their payoff from the dominant society is more and bigger than what we can offer them right now. And they don't see any, they don't have any incentive to build with us because they don't see a vision of an empowered black community. We have entrepreneurs. They take our best and brightest and then empower their community. Our best and brightest will be running companies like General Electric, ABC. They'll be running countries like Merle Lynch. All those, they'll be running those companies. But we can't get them to run shit in our community. We can't even get them to donate the shit we're doing. So, so this is the stuff we're talking about. You got black, the, black the, the best and brightest black people right now, you know, in cities like mine, Philadelphia, and all over the country that are doing their best to maintain black people as a lower permanent underclass. And, and, and for, for the integrationists, that should bother you. That should bother you that your politicians, there was a, uh, uh, um, there was an article today. Um, there's a dude in Philadelphia named Johnny Dockery. Johnny Dockery, he's not a politician, but he's heavily, he, he controls one, of, I think he controls one of the biggest labor unions in the city. And he wrote about how the black controlled, black run city of Philadelphia politically does not want him to offer jobs to black people. That they basically want him to come in and do, you know, public speaking engagements, but they don't have any interest on him creating job opportunities for black people. This is your black bourgeoisie. This is part of your black bourgeoisie. Have no interest in creating economic opportunities for black people. You know, this is this is one of the things that you have to, you know, and, and they'll talk to you about how this is not the time. The time for that is sometime in the future. Although this is one of the poorest, over, over 50% of the black community in America is unemployed. Over 50%. This is why you see so many black people out of work. You see so many black people on the block. You go on to work, they're on the block. You walk past them, they're struggling to pay their bills. You know what I'm saying? This is why. We don't have a, a collective bourgeois, I mean, a, a, a respectable bourgeois. Even the bourgeoisies and other communities get back to their community to make sure that their community is never a permanent underclass. Um, let me see. Brother uh, Joey Sykes said a code of conduct had to be put in place for us in order for us progress. Indeed, brother, code of conduct, you know, it has to be done. 
and we have to stick to it. We can't be wishy-washy. Because let me tell you what happens when you wishy-washy with it and you're not clear. Sooner or later, people will start inviting their non-black friends into your circles. Oh, such and such is cool. Jake is cool. Judy's cool. You know, they'll start, uh, you know, they're down with our cause and they want to support us. I mean, come on, guys. We have to let, we have to have allies. I, I know y'all have heard that conversation. We have to have allies and this, that, and the other, when we haven't even built up our own shit yet. You know what happened when you align a weak group of people with a group that has a power base, an initiative, and an agenda? That weak group of people has its resources absorbed into the greater into the bigger, more powerful organization. That's what happens. You know what I'm saying? They have those things, they, 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 get, they become absorbed. You know what I'm saying? So in regards to what other um, uh, you know, ethnic groups did, other ethnic groups used their street crime organizations to become the community bank and the community protection. Let me say that again. They use their street crime organizations to become the community bank and to be community protection. This is why you have neighborhoods like Bensonhurst in New York. You know, we have neighborhoods here like um, uh, it, it used to be Kensington. Kensington didn't always wasn't always trashy. It was used to be run by Jews. It was poor Jews, but it was run by Jews here in Philadelphia. You know, um, but Frankfurt, Frankfurt now that's ran by Jews, and in Philadelphia. And then you got the Italian sections, this, that, the other. And you got the Irish sections. You got this. And, you know, they got all the ethnic groups where they run those things. And they, they were the bank and they were the protection. They were the muscle. They were the enforcers. And they were the ones who were intertwined into local politics, into local businesses, um, until they created a power grab into an area. So they had their own landmass that they can really pretty much write a, you know, draw a, a line around. And that was their border. What did our organized crime do? Our organized crime bought big ass rims, bought elaborate um, cars, you know what I'm saying? You know, um, caused all sorts of mayhem in our community. And I'm talking about the recent, you know, both in the, um, the, the 70s with um, the heroin epidemic, and I'm talking about in the, the 80s and the 90s with the cocaine, crack cocaine epidemic. They got all that bread and had not a fucking thing to show for. Not a damn thing to show for. In fact, half the cats, I, first of all, the majority of cats that I knew that was selling drugs, they're dead. You know what I mean? Dead or in jail or strung out themselves. Only a few, like maybe about five out of a hundred are still around. You know what I mean? So this this is this is this is this is this is this is what happened. We 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 still act like children. When we have great responsibility, if you're going to do that much harm to the community, at least have something to benefit from it. But like a motherfucker. Italian mafia killed people. Uh, listen, you have people going to jail with body counts of 30 and 40 people that they can that they can actually attribute the, the, the crimes to. You have, you know, but they still have institutions. There's still places that they had on lock. For their community. We don't have that. And my brother Carl Dash was talking about the politicians early and said they have to be called out on this. My response to that brother is, okay, once we call them out, then what? <laughs> once we call out these black politicians for selling us out, then what? Then what's the game plan? 
because we don't have a plan past that. And that's the biggest problem. We don't have we don't have a plan. Well, we have well with the Independence Day project, we do have a plan. And National Black Liberation Front, we do have a plan. But in terms of uh, a dealing or addressing politicians, we don't have a plan for that shit. If we want to be totally honest, we don't have a plan for that's why the same politicians that we're mad about are going to be reelected at the very next election. The very next election, they're going to be back in their seats, getting paid, you know, earning on that uh, career, you know, retirement plan that they all have. They're going to be back in the saddle. And we're going to just be complaining and complaining and complaining and complaining and complaining and complaining. We don't have no plan to move them out. We don't even have anybody to replace them with. Our, our whole idea about, polit uh, about politics, we're so far behind the game that, you know what I'm saying, um, by the time they finish, by the time we come up the back, the game is over. Now, we got to really, this whole thing, that's why, so when we talk, so I'm going to circle back because we do have people with skill sets. We do have people with skill sets. And the people that we have with skill sets, they need to, you know, be on code. I mean, the people that we have with skill sets, if you have the skill set for for, for protesting, then, then we need to utilize that skill set. We need to utilize the skill set that you have for protesting. If we have the skill set for um, being an organizer, a great organizer, we need to utilize that skill set. If you have a skill set for, for being a teacher and an educator, we need to utilize that skill set. You know what I'm saying? We need to utilize these things, but we need to be organized. If you are a nation builder, if you have a plan and you have vision, then that itself needs to be put in place. That itself needs to be, you know, um, utilized. And all these things, you got to have people who are specifically um, used in the area of their expertise. You got to stop with this idea and notion that there's a one size fits all. You know, so, you know, it's going to be in six different places, six different organizational structures, or six different uh, pushes, or, or, or um, have six different responsibilities. No. If your responsibility is art and theater, and you can express to the people through art and theater, you know, the pain and, and the process of what we're dealing with and elaborate on black empowerment through that, then that's where you go. If your strength, if your wheelhouse is protesting, then get educated. Don't be out here protesting without understanding the purpose for protesting. It's not just to cause agitation. Don't just read that one line and think that's it. Protest is to create awareness as well. And it's to also alert people to the problems at hand and understand that when you're protesting, you have to be providing literature. You have to be providing viable solutions to whatever the problem. You have an explanation of the problem and the action steps to correct the problem. If you are, you know, um, if you're just a laborer, somebody who just wants to do, you know, you just want to do 10, 15 hours a week, then you go find something and volunteer. You go find somebody that has a mission that, that falls into your wheelhouse and you volunteer. If you are a nation builder, you're wasting time as a volunteer somewhere because that's 20, 15 hours away from your creativity in terms of organizing you know, the necessary pieces of plugging the pieces of the puzzle together to create the nation. We got to stop with this one size fits all mentality, the jack of all trades, because the jack of all trades is the master of none. We have some people that are terribly good at math, 
and and I can I can uh, put together an economic solution for some of the things we're dealing with. That's what they need to stick to. They might not be good with the politics. They might not be good with translating the uh the, the culture. They might understand it, but they might not be good under. They might not understand it well enough to teach it. All right. We got historians. Let the historians that they are, let them tell what's going on. And we have other things. If we had entertainers, entertainers should not be your primary, you know, um, speakers. You know what I'm saying? There's some people that's not going to agree with me on this, but entertainers do not study your history most of the time. They don't study. They're not studied. They're not skilled up on how to articulate. And then our entertainers get destroyed by career, you know, um, people who are uh, career political analysts and things of that nature because they put them in debates with them and make them look like fools. They're not skilled at a debate. They don't know how to, you know, get a whole concept in within 30 seconds. They don't know how to, you know, uh, uh, talk or negotiate between sound bites. They don't know how to think and articulate quickly on their feet and respond to a point that they weren't prepared for. In fact, half the time, they don't even go and prepare for shit. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, if we got people doing all those things, family. We, we, have, to, we have to get on, on board with um, understanding that everybody's role is different and everybody has to deal with, you know, um, everybody has to, at some point, at some point, everybody has to um, play their part. You know what I'm saying? Now, I know I got on here a little late, and um, my apologies, you know, for that. You know, time ran a little crazy today. Now I was having technological difficulties. As you can see, it looks like I got a special, um, like I got some type of special lens feature going on on the camera right now. I don't know what the hell this is, but uh, I'm gonna sort it out by the next broadcast. But you know, family, we we got to get on code with 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 with, um, with understanding that we got to get get out of the bullshit and out of the dumb shit. The dumb shit is killing us right now. The dumb shit is killing us. You know, um, we are, you know, caught up in so much. Uh, hold on one second, even though I'm still here. We are caught up in so much silliness and so much rhetorical bullshit that um, we consistently are spinning our wheels while the world is moving around us and the world is moving against us. We can't keep doing that. We can't keep spinning our wheels while the world is, is, is taking place around us. You know, in my neighborhood, I'm watching gentrification and, and this land grab go on in my neighborhood. And then I understand that internationally, like my neighborhood, whole countries, whole countries, whole continents are facing the same austerity. That's what it's called. It's called austerity. When corporations buy up countries, it's called austerity. Austerity is taking place in your block. Austerity is taking place in your community. Austerity is taking place in the city. Austerity is where black people reside. Did y'all know that they just created this new start funneling, you know, um, all these um, immigrants, illegal aliens, and so forth? Don't you do you know that they just created a policy where they're gonna start funneling them into you know poor black communities and poor black states throughout the country? So countries like Louisiana, Alabama, 
um, Mississippi, you know what I'm saying, those, 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 those particular states, they are going to be saturated with um, a bunch of um, illegal aliens and foreign immigrants. Did y'all know that? So not only are they putting us out in the past in our own communities, they're making sure we can't even go to certain places where the tax beneficial, these are all red states, by the way, conservative states, by the way, which is why they're tax beneficial. But, um, but you know, they, they're going to start flooding black communities like they did Compton. You need to learn about what happened to Compton and how now, you know, you got members of the Mexican mafia and, um, you know, other groups out there that are um, pretty much terrorizing the black people in Compton, Compton, California. I need to pay attention to that because that's the same method that's going to be used. They use their crime syndicates to set up shop in your city. And therefore, when their crime syndicates, you know, set up shop like the Mexican Mafia and MS-13, when they set up shop in your cities, y'all won't be able to do a damn thing in your cities, your townships. And that's going to start happening. So we need to build our community now and stop bullshitting. I know we like to have fun. I know everything is fun. Everything is fun. And I know I, I'm a, um, you know, I, I tell the truth. So I know I heard a lot of feelings telling the truth. But the bottom line is, family, if somebody is not telling you the truth, are they really your friend? Are they really your family? If people are just telling you what you want to hear, are they really good for you? Because I can give you a bunch of cake and ice cream and, you know what I mean, sugar daddy lollipops and this, that, and the other. Is that good for you? You might like how it tastes, but in the end, your body's going to suffer the consequences. And that's what's happening to us right now. We want everything sugar-coated. I saw somebody post... And I'm like I said, I barely on social media. I see somebody post. It's the way people say it. If you say it a certain way, people will take to it. Listen, if I got a sugarcoat the fact that we're getting slaughtered, if I got a sugarcoat the fact that we seem to be sleep during our own demise, if I got to sugarcoat all that shit, you know what? Maybe you should just go and lie down and wait for them to come bury your ass too. Because at this point, there should be no need to sugarcoat anything. Because I promise you, when the white man slaughters you, they're going to sugarcoat the crime. They're going to sugarcoat everything. They're going to put sugar in the bullets they shoot you with. They're going to put sugar like they poison you with. They're already doing that shit with, with, with what they feed you. They're going to they're kill you with kindness, literally. And I'm trying to shake you to wake you up. Not happening. Most 90% of the black community is conscious. Let's just throw those people who didn't know. Only the airhead middle class of the black community is not conscious. But everybody else is pretty much conscious of what's going on. Your blue collar worker, blah, blah, blah. You know, um, the average brother or sister who has a little bit of a common sense amongst them, they know what's going on action stages doing anything because they still have that corner of comfortability on the plantation. See, that's what consciousness is. You're very comfortable with of what's going on with us right now. But will you be comfortable with those consequences tomorrow? Oh, okay, I see my sister Peace Queen, I see you. I see you. Yes, it is rhetorical bullshit, Kusu sister. So family, as I get ready to, you know, cut this thing short, you know, because um, I got a, I got a lot to do tonight and tomorrow. Um, like I said, may, um, if you get an opportunity, you want to support the cause, you know, you want to support things we're doing, you know, make sure you go up into the link and um and click on um you know the um the link to black Institute, the black independence um black independence.org. Make sure you
shit. We got a lot of good things that we're working on right now. You know, we're working on trying to get the um, book reading initiative together. We're trying to employ the children. We're trying to um, provide jobs for the children. But I can't do that without your help. I can't do that without your help, family. I can't do none of those things without your, your contributions and support. You know, I was once told to me that, listen, brother, people don't like to donate. They like to have something for you. They like to get something, receive something for you. Cool. I put out, it was, this was years ago, I put out T-shirts. I put out other DVDs of lectures that I did. And the DVDs and lectures were basically gestures of goodwill for those who saw fit to donate to the cause. What I got in return was very little assistance then and very little assistance now in regards to what we're trying to build for the community. These things are not acceptable, family, if you're talking about, you know, because, you know, what I get a lot of times is people requesting favors. What I don't get is, is a lot of that reciprocated on the other end. This is why, you know, I was, I'm was i glad to shout out my brother Patrick Alexander, because my brother Patrick Alexander out of Mississippi always, always, always you know, um, reciprocates the love, you know what I'm saying, that we um, that we bond and we share with, you know, not just as the brother in the National um Black Liberation Front, but just a brother, you know what I'm saying? Um, always shout out my brother Ajay, you know, my brother Ajay Tayem, and always tell people, make sure you grab his book. Let's see, get this out the light. Y'all can see what the hell I'm talking about. This light is killing me. You know, but this is the blueprint, and this is the uh, BSU handbook by my brother Ajay Tayem. I always tell y'all to, to support, you know, I tell y'all to support my brother Mr. Chance. I tell y'all to support people, you know, um, my brother Oba, you know, with African Independence Day, I tell y'all to support the people who support me. You know what I'm saying? Because these brothers and sisters, you know, um, they, 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 they go the extra mile for us. And then this is the stuff we're trying to build. And we're trying to build a community of black empowerment. Then we need to start, you know, with empowering each other. So like I said, if you're feeling, you know, um, if you, if you, um, feeling, you know, you want to be a part of what we're trying to build, you know, make sure you donate. Oh, now all of a sudden the goddamn camera gets right about the end of broadcast. <laughs> you want to support, you know, um, the uh, Independence Day project, and please go to that link, blackindependence.org, you know, go grab a, cop a couple copies of the Independence Day project. Um, and um, with that said, family, you know, I want to check out of here, you know, because, um, we have to we have to support ourselves and support each other family if we're not going to do that then you know i don't know what else to say i don't know what else to tell you you know um but we need to build family if we're not going to build then you know we're going to fall down we got brothers and sisters in the building you can hop on board while you can see my brothers jumped on late that's what's up Kusu brothers, but Carlos Bowles, brother, Samaj, peace and black power. Kusu family, also visit project at blackindependence.org. Blackindependence.org. I know Facebook is going to his fuckery right now. So we're going to close it out. So with that, that family, a cool suit, peace and black power, always thank God.